because something has already grabbed my attention. And Brianna, you're not going to like this. Oh, you are, but one, you impressed me so much with your moment and your pause, your confession, your honesty, and what God is speaking to you in that moment. It was, it was worship, right? It was the realest moment we sat here and everyone's like, oh my word. As you just disclose this awareness that God is breaking in and speaking into your life and saying, trust me, right? And, and, your, and your prayer for us, it, that confession. So that was beautiful. That was so brave. That was so real. That, that was so honest, right? That was, that was such life, I affirm you, uh, I want to be like you in that, right? And so, can we, can we, and so, and I know when she says that, she's not the only one. There's probably so many of us who are like, yeah, I've been living afraid, worried, anxious, and that, that has been my way of operating in life. I am in control, but not, not doing it very well, Right? And so I want to pray. I want, I want to pr- pray for you as you asked us to pray for you, right? Because God is the one who's wanting to break in and do something really cool, right? And you asked us to pray. So I, I want us to pray. And I also want to see if there's anybody else who, who wants um, the same thing she asked for. Jackie is one. Thank you, Jackie. I mean, does any, any, anybody else want that like, hey, I'm worrying, I'm filled with this, and it's not working, Okay, and so, um, so church, right? We're gonna leverage our faith for people who are saying, here's where I am, and I want God to speak into it. Uh, and, and then God is the one who's initiated this because God was doing something in Brianna way before we got here, right? Way before that first so- song started, and, he, and he's been doing the same thing in your lives. He's at work. He is at work, and I pray you'd be able to see it. So, um, let's pray, and so... Brianna, would you mind standing up? And anybody else who I know, I, this is terrible, right? This is like calling people out. It's like the worst nightmare. No one's ever going to do that again. <laughs> Except for the reality that God is doing something awesome in your life, and it's not only in you, it's in others. And so if you raised your hand too, would you stand up? And then would people around you, people of faith, people who know the name Jesus, people who um, trust that Jesus has way more for us than we can imagine? Would you pray for somebody near? Just ask God for more for them, right? Would you say, God bless them? So would you turn and face somebody, church, prayers, lovers of people? Would, would, you, would you pray for them? And, and this will be our collective prayer for everybody. Sound good? So God, we praise you for the work that you're doing in Vienna. We praise you, God, for her vulnerability and the move of your spirit that moved her to move in us something unique and different today. And we say, we thank you, God. We thank you that you love her and you love so many more. And that you, God, want to be our support. And you want us to truly live, not be bound by fear and anxiety. And not to have to believe the lie that we're in control. Not have to muster it up, not have to strive. So God, who has created all heaven and earth, who has made us and sustained us from our birth to this moment, would you come and breathe your life upon us, upon Brianna? Would you breathe your spirit upon her, God? Would, would your spirit speak to her and everyone else in this moment to whisper to them that you love them and you know them and that you are with them into their soul? 
that they are not alone and they do not have to walk this life in their own power. So Father, come. And we thank you, God, for your movement and your work. And we ask for more, more in Brianna and in everyone else. Amen? Amen. That was awesome. So um, we're, we're in this series called Sleepless Nights, where we're really trying to be human, <laughs> even though we are, right? Um, and so I don't know, uh, as we were dreaming about this and sensing that this is where God was inviting us to create um, conversation, this, this series is meant to drive conversation, it's meant to continue it. It's meant that it would expand. What we talk about is meant to spill over into you, um, into your heart, into your mind. It's meant to drive a conversation with the Father, with God. And that conversation is meant to be two-way. It's meant there'd be a time where you would cry out. And maybe in here last week when Nate talked about shaking your fist at God and crying out with words, maybe being angry and disappointed. But it's also meant where we would actually be quiet. And we'd be still and we'd allow God to speak. It's that two-way conversation. It's also meant to drive a conversation in community where we'd actually tell the truth to each other like Brianna modeled for us, Brianna modeled for us here. Tell the conversations, this reality about what keeps us up and where we would tell the truth about maybe that we are afraid of aging or afraid of death or afraid of those realities to come. I mean, we have the sleepless nights dealing with mourning or the, the loss of longings and of that, right? That we would, we would engage in a conversation where we could tell each other Really what's happening in our lives, we can be honest about where we are and we can allow others just to listen and to be with us to know that we weren't alone in that. And maybe even those others in there, as we've been talking about in this series before the Gospel Primer, that we would know how to share good news. Not in a trite way, not in a small way, but in a true way of truth. And we would demonstrate good news by being near to people who are hurting or or struggling, or being really vulnerable, it would come near to them and be in relationship. So it's meant to drive a conversation there, and it's also meant to drive a conversation in this world. It could be with a neighbor you just met. It could be with a coworker you've known for a long time. It's meant to drive this with people in whom God is pursuing, but yet they don't know his name, they don't know his goodness, and they don't know the reality of his power and his love for today. And maybe it's meant to drive for them it's meant to increase a conversation where, where all of a sudden this conversation would step into their reality, their sleepless night, and all of a sudden there'd be somebody who cared. Somebody who cared. I can remember one of the things that inspired this series was reading from this book called The Agile Church, and they said that most people who don't know Jesus, don't believe in God and that, their belief, their, their ideas about the church, which is the people, they say they don't think that most Christians really care about their losses and their hopes and their dreams and their longings. They don't, they don't believe that we care, right? And so um, as image bearers and as imitators of Jesus who seriously cared about those things for people, we hope this might drive a conversation for somebody in your life. Somebody that you didn't even know, but they bring it up and all of a sudden you hear some language of a longing, of a loss, of fear, of anxiety, of aging, and you begin to listen and care. That was our hope. So may this drive conversation. The conversation today is about aging. 
And so I asked a lot of people, and this is the one that, um, that wasn't on my radar, even though it's something that's daily happening, right? But it, it wasn't one of the ones that caught my first attention. And this one is, is multifaceted, this idea of aging. I mean, one is the reality of someone saying, hey, um, my actual aging process is keeping me up at night. As you age, you sleep less for some, right? There's certain things that happen that you begin to not, you just don't sleep more, right? Even though you can be down in bed more, the reality of sleeping is less. And so the aging process can, can drive that. Also, the aging process can drive sleepless nights because it can also drive us worrying about the future, worrying about what's going to happen, seeing our bodies kind of break down in this whole loss of control. And you don't have to be 60 for that to happen. You don't have to be 50 for that to happen. You could be in your 40s, your 30s, or even in your 20s, where all of a sudden we begin to have concerns about aging, now, sometimes that concern for aging dips over into these unmet longings because we hit a certain age where we thought we should have had something, been somewhere else than we're not. And we begin to fear for our future, mourn over our future because of how old we are. Or maybe the aging is just because our whole culture is distorted and that doesn't value the aging the process, doesn't value um, those who are aging, and doesn't value people in the aging crisis and wants, wants to hide it, wants to eliminate it, wants to distort it, to make it look like nobody really ages. Or as much as possible to put it to the side. So we know that culturally, we got a huge issue here. Because everything is about distorting the reality that you age and that if you are aging in a, in a real way, you're supposed to hide it. And so even though internally you're going to feel it, but outwardly you're supposed to mask it and maybe even to spend lots of money in order to hide it and to alter it. And those big questions that we have to ask as humans and we have to look at our culture and ask us as humans and say, why are we doing that? That's the million dollar question that we have to ask because it speaks to value or disvaluing human life. So are you disvalued if you truly age and you look like your age? And so that's what we want to talk about and then start a conversation in this today. Um, in God's economy, not our culture's economy, that um, age was honorable. He, he honored it. Age is an honor. And so, even in Proverbs, it says the gray hair is a crown of glory. It's gained by living a godly life in Proverbs 16. It's honored, and yet our culture, it's not. But see, in God's economy, we gain perspective and we grow in self-knowledge and we can sharpen our God awareness and we, we learn about worship and trusting God. We have more language for this. And so, gray hair is a crown of glory. It's like um, meeting royalty. Anybody, I've never met anybody, but I wouldn't even know how to respond to somebody who was royalty. Right? So how do you honor somebody who is like the Queen of England, if you even think you're supposed to or not, right? But, but you know, it's royalty, right? You, you come upon someone who was meant to be honored. How do you greet them? Anybody? Bow. Anybody else? Respect. 
Anybody else? I think we need to learn. We need to learn from somebody who knows these answers. I, I'm not, I, I, this is a conversation I don't know. Respect. I mean, maybe listen to them. Kindness. What was that again? Mm. Yeah. So, here's the thing. We have some honorable people among us. And if you look around, you can see them. Now, some of you have gray hairs before your, your time. You know, we, we still honor you. <laughs> this is the hard part of knowing this, this sort of posture of honor because you're kind of, you're being honored for, for having years. And, and some of us have a culture where you don't want to be recognized for the number of years you are. <laughs> but if you look around, we can see people of honor who have lived well, who have something to say. Um, Psalm 71, we honor you, uh, miladies. That was my ridiculousness of not knowing how to respond, but all right, there you have it. Psalm 71, I love this psalm. Uh, and in this psalm, there's this cry. And in verse 18, it says this, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God. So in, in this, this refrain in the psalm is in there twice. So um, I think the reality of when we age, because um, the sort of lack of self-awareness and sometimes even the awareness of our aging process, feeling forsaken, feeling out of control is a reality, right? We are more vulnerable in our older age. And this is a reality. The thing that happens at birth happens in our older age if, if we get to see those days. We're more vulnerable. And in this vulnerability, here's this cry, God, don't forsake me. Don't forsake me. Because we say that the lack of awareness, uh, that always there's an enemy who wants to make us feel estranged and alienated. This is the, this is the, um, the deception of this world. Alienation and estrangement. And that's also one that we do feel. It's one that God has come to remedy through Jesus Christ. But even when we're old and gray, do not forsake me, because we're more vulnerable. And then here's the part of the psalm that says, until I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. This is the honor of age. The honor of age is that there is more to declare of God's power of God's good works, of God's goodness, of a God who doesn't forsake those who are his, a God who comes and steps in and saves and heals and redeems. And that's not the whole story. I mean, this psalmist is, it paints a, a, a great picture of sort of, of, of reality. It says, until I declare your power to the next age, your mighty acts are those to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. I mean, it says his salvation does. Uh, you who have done great things, who's like you, God? The answer is no one. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, there's not a person who hasn't lived, you know, and especially if your days are extended, that you don't know many troubles and bitter troubles. 
And so this is a clear picture, but still a clear picture of a God who is powerful and present with mighty acts. And so though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, here is the hope. You will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. And so as what I, what I love about our church, our people, is that we do have a healthy, or at least growing health of, of age diversity, right? And you need it all to be a family. And so with that, we, in this past year, we have seen, we have seen death, right? Uh, and we have seen much death, Unexpected death, untimely death, mourning death, death of children, death of spouses, death of parents. And so I, 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 I see many of you, right, that we've, we've mourned with you this year over the loss, you know, of the ones that we sat with. So we sat with Bill, we sat with Gary, we sat with Kay, with Graceland. Right, the, the deaths, and the deaths of parents, uh, for many of them, Ben, your mom, and Amanda, your dad, and Chris Bisha, mom, just died this past week. And, and many of the others, and sorry for you know, you blank past it, but we've, we've experienced this, but here's this promise from one of the old and gray saying, you will restore me. You will bring me up You'll restore my life from the depths of the earth. This is the work of our God. This is the proclamation that we make and that we boast in. This is where we hope, even when we look the fear of death in the face, we have this hope and this reality. And so, today, um, as uh, I wanted to invite my father up here to speak with me on this. And, and during this series, we've been trying to invite people to share their experiences of this. And so, my dad was the one who actually, when I spoke to this one, I asked him what kept him up at night, and he mentioned his, his health, right? His age and those things. So, if those of you have heard me share my story and the, the chaoticness of my family and the strangeness of my family tree, and you're wondering where he fits into that, like, which guy is he? Um, so, this is my wife's my wife's father, and so my father, and so this is Phil Ackley, and I'm honored to have him here. Now, I had him here too because he has gray hair, um, but I wasn't trying to offend him that he's old. Um, and it's not, it, it, how do you say somebody's old without it sounding offensive? Right? I, I can remember being a boy, and um, one of my buddies, Sean Hodges, his father was, was older. And I was at his sixth grade or fifth grade birthday party. And he was probably 50, you know. And I will have a fifth grader probably and I'll be 50. And I can remember one of the guys in my class, as his dad came in there and was telling us to be quiet, he said, shut up, you old geezer. (laughs) Now, I know that's not an appropriate way to talk to somebody who's older. (laughs) I've never forgotten that. 
But so my father is here not because he's old, but he is older. He does have gray hair. He, um, he, he has lived more years than I. And he is here because this is actually one of the things that he spoke to as far as keeping him up. And so because of that, I was like, oh, Dad, please share. You, you be the one to share your experience and what you do in the light of this. Um, so I'm, uh, so I, and, and when he talks, I listen. Because the Psalm 71 is a person who's living for this. So my dad is this guy that he wants to declare the mighty acts of God to the next generation. And he has put his hope in the God who will raise people up from the dead. So I'm honored to have you here. I'm thankful that you are willing to be here. And I know that he is in not good shape right now. That the last three months have been brutal on your body. And I know for him to say yes to this probably kept him up last night more. Um, because he, he just ponders these things. And I know that um, he is not stable right now because of like vertigo stuff that's going on with them. I know there's AFib that's going on. There's the fear of bloody noses. There is all the craziness that's going on with aging, and yet he is here to serve. He's here to serve me, you know, because I asked and he'll, you know, but he's here to serve us. Um, as, and so I'm honored with that. So Father... We pray for your son who is here. We pray, Lord, that you would meet him and that you would strengthen him in his weakness, that you would show yourself strong. We pray that you give him peace and that he could declare to another generation your mighty deeds, your good works, your salvation. And so, Father, I do ask you, too, to sustain this dizziness and to make it go away. Amen. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm going to stay up here with you, too. Well, I can, how fun. Can yeah. <laughs> make it more awkward or something. What, what, a, uh, what a, a blessing this is to have this guy as my son. So, yeah. <clears throat> I, have, um, I have three daughters, and uh, the first one I married a pastor, and the last one married a pastor. And so I'm, I'm book-ended um, beautifully. And I am rarely in his presence where before he leaves whatever conversation we've been involved in where he does just what he did now. That is put a hand on my shoulder and bring me back into God's presence and care and remind me uh, whose son I am and, uh, and all the blessing that, you know, that comes from that. My, uh, my other son usually asks for money. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, Chris, if you're listening to this, I am only kidding about that. I'm the poorest uh, of all the sons. <laughs> Actually, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. I'd say, I know it's a lot of pressure on all of us. My, um, my dad passed when he was 44 years old. And um, I have, I think I was 30 years old before somebody said to me, uh, have you ever thought that you would live longer than your dad. It had never occurred to me. I was 30 years old, but for the next 14 years, I did. And then I began counting the days longer that I lived, and now I'm 70, and uh, you know I've lived 26 years longer than my dad. So one thing about aging I would say to you is I, I'm happily aging. It's a gift to me. My father would gladly have traded places with me. And so, um, as, as I want to say that, aging is actually a gift. If 
if God is blessing you with longer life, then go live the longer life. And, and Swaster, amen. Uh, and uh, the second thing I would say about that whole aging thing is it, it's, uh, there, where is the finish line? I mean, how long do I have? I mean, do I, the, the sum there in 91 says 70 years, and if you're strong, perhaps 80. And uh, so I'm at 70, so I've, I've covered the norm. Now, will I have 10 more years or not? I don't know. And, um, but the, the reality is my, my dad had age 44, and, and then there were babies among us and so on. And so as you're thinking about aging, and well, that's not me because I'm only 22. It's not me, I'm, you know, I'm 39, it's not me because I'm still under 50. We, none of us knows the finish line. I don't mean to be morbid about that. I'm just, we don't know our finish line. So you are, we are, all of us are in this, this aging, you know, this aging process. I, I do think it's the responsibility of people as you get older and the skin gets wrinkly and saggy that your soul does not. So the, the outer body, Paul's apostle says, wastes. It, it's wasting away. And however you work at your body, it is wasting away. You, you cannot stop that process. But what God intends is that your soul not mirror that wrinkly, saggy skin on the outside, but that actually, well, he, say, he promises that it'll be renewed. And so now, now the issue is, okay, well, then, then how do we renew it? How is the soul renewed? What is that kindness from God? Right now, the PGA Tour has a, has a new marketing campaign. Have you, have you seen it? It says, uh, live under par. It's pretty clever. Now, if you know nothing about golf, it sounds like it's calling you to mediocrity. But if you know how golf works, then living under par means that you're, you're, living, you're living more. You're living with greater expectation, greater accomplishment, and so on. And if the PGA, for goodness sake, can call me to live under par, certainly God can call me to live what I know. And so I, that's, that's my steady deal in this sense. I, I, I use three tools in my sleepless nights. I have sleepless nights. This does not take the sleepless nights away. It just helps me get through them. My goal is that I would live what I know. What has God taught me? Can I live it on the inside? Even if my outside, I don't have the strength to do it. And, and, uh, and, and can I make every effort uh, to do that? Just so that my... My soul reflects the truth that God has actually uh, put in there. These aren't magic tools. They're tools you all know. It's, uh, if I, I, I just do them. That's, uh, and the first one is, is scripture. And with the, with the coming of you version, uh, a marvelous Bible app, uh, you can put in whatever, whatever psalm you want to put in. You can, um, I, I often just put in one of the Gospels, and I, I put myself to sleep. I mean, as I try to sleep, I just put on the iPad or the phone or whatever, and uh, they have a speaker's version. You, it, it lets you adjust the speed. If it's going too fast for you, you can put it down to 0.75 times. If it's going too slow, you can go 1.25. There's, there's a double speed. If you want to race through, there's a two and a half times speed. Um, and there are various readers, so if you don't like the accent of that one, switch to another version. 
and uh, it'll be somebody from some other country, and and uh, and then the variety of versions that are out there that you can listen to. And so I, I saturate myself with Scripture. The one that is in front of me right now is Philippians 4, 4 and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And so that, that washes over me, and if I'm not listening to it, I'll say it to me. There's a lot of Scriptures are in my brain. And so I just I recite it to myself. Rejoice in the Lord. Let me, let me pause here. Rejoice in the Lord. So I just take the alphabet. Let's just play this with me. I take the alphabet. Can you give me a, an adjective? It's a scripter of God, our Heavenly Father, that begins with the letter A. Call it out. Almighty. Alive. Awesome. Can you give me one that starts with B? Bold. Brave? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful? Can you give me one of such with C? Comforter? Comforter. Compassionate? Caring. Caring? Can you give me one of such with D? Determined? Determined. Defender? Yeah. What was that again? Dad? Dad? Hmm. Okay. So listen, so now all I, so I, I just do that in my head. By the time I get to X, if you're wondering about that, I'm usually asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say, rejoice in the Lord. This is the Lord of the universe, the one that holds the entire world in his hands. And oh, by the way, who holds me together? And so just, just a re, I have a lot to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So I can be frustrated. I can be cynical and sarcastic. I can be pushy. I can be the first to offer my negative opinion. I can be... No, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because Jesus is the gentle person. He, he's meek and gentle, lowly in heart. And so that... Just a legend. And why? Well, the Lord is near. He's, he's with me. Philippians 4, 4 and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. My Aunt Marie Little, who lived to be 91, who was the widow of Paul Little, uh, who wrote Know What You Believe, Know Why You Believe, How to Give You Away Your Faith, a marvelous guy whose life was tragically ended at age 47 in a car accident in 1975. And then for the next 25, 30 years, Aunt Marie just carried on. The last five years of her life, as we would call her and talk to her and so on, she would say to me, hey, I have a fresh word from God. I went, wow, what is it? And then she would quote to me, Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save mighty to save. He loves you, and he will not rebuke you, but he rejoices over you in song. And that, that washed over me. Now, the thing is, for five years, every time I called her, she said to me, I have a fresh word from God. It was 7 I 317. 
And as she kept saying it to me and saying to me, it, it was fresh to her. It was fresh to her every morning that God in heaven, I am to rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. But God in heaven is rejoicing over me in song yet. Talk about the voice. In song, he is rejoicing over me. What would that sound like? What would Shelton say about that? Kelly Clarkson, what would they say? God's voice just <laughs> broke out and is rejoicing over you in song. Everybody is rejoicing. Why, why, why can't I be part of that party? Ian Voskamp says that, that no amount of regret can change the past. No amount of anxiety can change the future. Any amount of joy can change the present. And so rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice, saturate the Lord. So one tool I use is scripture, whether I'm saying it to myself from previous work or whether I put it on the iPad and have somebody say it to me. The second thing I use are, are songs. I try to get a mercy melody. If God is singing over me, what would he be singing? What's the mercy melody I could put in my ears? And so I have four songs right now on my playlist. I just punch my phone. I repeat them, and so it's 52 minutes, and I let these four songs wash over me. Um, let me just sample one of them for you. Do you have a sample? Yeah. Okay. So one of these is by Bebo Mormon, uh, Norman. He's um, it's from 2006. I know it seems old to those of you who, like, why, that's such an old song. But when you get my age, anything within about a decade is like yesterday. And so I think this is a very hip and happening song. So anyway, here's a, here's a, here's a little sample of that. And uh, that, that I will lift my eyes. I mean, that's my job. I have to lift my eyes. But there are mountains I can't climb, but I can lift my eyes to the maker of those mountains. And there are hurts I have inside, but I can lift my eyes to the healer who knows about those hurts. And those oceans that are raging wild in me of fear, of doubt, of achievement, of of nerves, he, he can calm that. He calms the seas and, and so on. And I just let that wash over me. And uh, I, I will sing that song. I'm, I was getting a little AFib work done on me and I'm in this waiting area and these three nurses are over me. We're waiting for the various doctors to show up. And one of the, and it's still quiet and you're just sitting on that bed looking up at those fluorescent lights. And uh, one of the nurses says, anybody got a song? <laughs> I got a song. I can hardly talk. They got a thing shoved down my throat. Lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I lift my eyes to the calmer of the storms raging inside. I lift my eyes to the healer who knows the hurts I have inside. I will lift my eyes. I left my eyes to you. Um, the last tool I use is just shared prayers. I, I call it Scotty. I follow this guy, Scotty Smith. He's my age. And he has a book called Everyday Prayers. And I recommend that book to you. And uh, I read that, the prayer. I follow him on Twitter. It shows up. And so I click it. And if it resonates with me, I might take a screenshot of it. I might copy it. I might actually print it out. And I set it on the table. And uh, when I use the bathroom, this might be too much information, when I use the bathroom, I, I, I come out and I grab that thing. And this is, um, 
This, this was this Wednesday's prayer. Uh, and he, this is what he wrote. This is Wednesday, April 18th. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Oh, this is for me. And here's what he writes. Lord Jesus, no one is more suited to gentle our hearts than you. For you are gentle and humble in heart. No one's gentleness is more evident to all. For you are kind to the broken and patient with provokers. Calm in a crisis and unruffled in disruption. You are the perfect heart surgeon, Jesus. You never get nervous or flustered, agitated or hurried. You have a steady hand because of your graceful heart. So gentle us when we're in a hurry, traffic isn't. When we get charged too much for a job poorly done, or when we're too tired to engage, gentle us when our body hurts, our heart aches and our mind races. Gentle us when friends make the same destructive choices. Or when we get four hours of sleep before a 12-hour workday, gentle us when we face unkindness, meanness, or contempt from others. Gentle us when a car, plumbing, or heating cooling system needs fixing again. Jesus, you're so near to us in the gospel and near in terms of your return. May your nearness generate a much quicker repentance on our part when our first reaction might be agitation or frustration. Turn our irritation into adoration, our worry into worship, and our vexing into trusting. So we pray in your kind and loving name. So those are the three tools. They don't resolve the sleepless nights, but they help me get through them. I saturate scripture, just marinate in it. I listen to music that resonates in my soul. I do not, by the way, listen to NPR or the current playlist of whomever. I mean, I, just, I grab a song that resonates. This song that we, we led with this morning, um, there's not a reason for a child of God to fear. And God split the sea. We can walk right through them. That would be on this playlist. I mean, it was for a while. And then I, I just keep switching off. And finally, shared prayers. Um, Scotty Smith is one. There are others uh, that share prayers. And uh, so there you go. Awesome. So you can see why I asked them, right? What we just witnessed was the honor of age because in it is gained perspective. God willing, right? The growth of self-knowledge, the sharpening of God awareness, the learning of more how readily to bend the knee in worship what repentance looks like. And that comes from, uh, from when Jesus calls us and we hear the pursuit of God where he grabs our attention and reminds us that we're his, convinces us of it, and pours faith into our hearts to believe in Jesus Christ for what he's done to conquer all of our alienation and estrangement. And from that time, this journey of growing knowledge of knowing God. And what that gives after a number of years is a proclamation, as Psalm 71 says, let me share of your goodness and your greatness to the next generation. It gives more stories to be able to share. More realities, more brokenness. Not all successes, more failures, 
where God's grace breaks in. But that is beautiful. That's what beauty looks like. It's fierce and it's courageous. Beauty is not owned by youth. And youth does not take claim to beauty. What we witnessed was something was beautiful. Recognition of the love of God. Simply pouring into us. A couple of other texts that just might encourage you this week. And as I was praying, I was just wanting sort of like a prophetic sense for God to speak into us. And so one of these is from Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. It's about a God who has and will sustain us. And maybe this is a text that you need to continue to read over and meditate on. But the scripture says this, listen to me. And this is the Lord speaking to a people, Israel. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. Even, your, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. This is our God. And there'll be no season where this will not be true. The only choice for us is that we will choose something else or someone else to carry us. So we'll choose to carry ourselves or try to sustain ourselves. Or we'll trust in something else to sustain us instead of the God who has carried us from our birth. That's the, that's the biggest issue of life. That's the biggest offense in life. That's the biggest sin in life. That we would choose another savior besides Jesus. There is no other sin that alienates you from God. The only one is if you choose not to trust him as your savior and you let something else save you, sustain you, and carry you. And so that is the truth of that scripture. So we ask that question, what's sustaining you today? The other scripture that I want to, is, is Psalm 103, and this one kind of speaks to me and connects to the, my love for the Jewish roots. This is Psalm 103, starting at verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Here's the two truths. This is a two-handed approach to living. It's a reality that you must know. And this is something I think that I was thinking the Lord was kind of speaking to those of us who aren't thinking that, uh, aren't aware that our life has a number to it. Right? That, that we think, oh, somebody else is closer to their end because they're 70 or 80. But, I, I mean, I still got a long way to go. It's like, well, I have no idea. Life is but a breath. So here's the first truth of this text from 100, or the two truths that they're holding. We are dust. We're dust. And life is but a vapor. A breath, like life, mortals are like grass. They flourish like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. 
That's a truth. You've got to hold that in the hand. That's a morbid truth, right? That's an intense truth. It's, you know, it's the, one of the one songs that I remembered from my youth was the 70s song from Kansas, Dust in the Wind. I can actually sing it. Yeah, but it'll, I'll sing the whole thing and we'll lose track of what we were talking about. We are dust. And he didn't hold on to this reality. We're dust. We're formed from the dust. And if Jesus doesn't return as he has promised, we will return to the dust. But here is the second truth, because to hold on to that is not full. The second truth is this, that he tells us to hold on to. But from everlasting to everlasting. All right, can you hold that? <laughs> from everlasting to everlasting is the Lord's love for those who fear him. Uh, there are people, the Jewish people, who, who place those kinds of notes in their pockets. In their left pocket, they would be um, your dust. And in the right pocket would be um, you're created in the image of God, formed. He danced at your birth. I think we could do that. We could put in our left pocket here your dust. In our right pocket, we say, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with you. You know what that means? He doesn't forget, abandon, or leave, ever. And if you need to be convinced of that, you've got to read about Jesus and what he has done for us and how he lived his life and how he pursued us and how he paid for us and how he rose from the dead and that those who trust in him will experience his same newness of life and resurrection from the dead. It's awesome. May you be encouraged today. May the conversation increase. As you've heard us talk about aging, we didn't cover hardly any of it, right? But may it stir your hearts with the truth of God who wants to speak to you in this conversation. So your homework. Here's the question I would love for you to do. I want you to interview yourself and to get a journal and a Bible out and ask this question. Am I afraid of aging? Am I afraid of aging? Journal that, have a Bible there, right? And then, and then ask the question, if the answer is yes, answer why? Why are you afraid? And if the answer is no, then ask why not? Right, because it may not be the right answer. <laughs> and then as you've answered it, pause and ask the God who has created you and has formed you and has given you every day to speak into that. Just wait for him to respond to what you've written down. And if you have your Bible, he may even bring something to your mind for him to speak into, to put some truth into. And if you take that step, and so maybe you want to do that, but I want to encourage you, everybody else, to take it a little step further. I, I would love for you to interview somebody else. Maybe one of your parents is still living. Or maybe an old friend. And to ask them that same question, are you afraid of aging? Why or why not? And listen to them. Learn from them. Hear them. That's our, that's our homework. My other prayer is that today that you would be able to celebrate the life that Jesus has given you. That today that we could pause and that we could celebrate because we know the one who has sustained us and given us breath today and allowed us to be here today. Allowed us to be near people whom we love, who we're favored to have in us, May we cherish it and may we rejoice. It's Sunday. It's a day to rejoice. 
So um, rejoice. Pull people near. Embrace them. Love them. Spend a little more time. Receive the gift that the Lord has given you today of life. So let's pray and we'll invite the team up. Uh, Imad's going to come. He's going to close us with a song. Well, there'll be a benediction once we finish. So Father, would, um, would the conversation continue, we pray. We pray that you would speak into everything that was said and that wherever people are, God, wherever we are as your church, God, that you would add breadth and you would add wisdom and you would add more content, God, and you would add a greater reality to this by speaking in and that, God, that you would gift us with self-awareness that we could listen and that we could be aware of our own fears, our own fears of aging and the lies that our culture is even breathing in about beauty uh, and about this process of aging. And we pray, God, that you, God, would speak and continue to change this narrative. God, thank you for life. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for your ever, everlasting love. And may we, God, regardless of our age, be able to proclaim more and more your great works, God, as you reveal those to us, as we get to witness them. So God, open our eyes to that great truth. God, we pray your blessing upon your church of life, but life with you. Amen.